Welcome to My Heart Songs podcast number 143, Alleviate Abysmal Anxiety. It's not my nature to wake up feeling anxious, so I carefully explore this state whenever it arises. Often in the past, it has been related to some significant world event, a massacre, an earthquake, some other disaster that has somehow prompted my consciousness to stick my toe in the cosmic ocean of human distress. I also remember quite clearly experiencing that sensation while visiting the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem when I placed my hand on the stones while opening myself up completely. A flood of anxious pain suffused my entire body in what felt like at the time a channeling of all those horrible moments of suffering in that place. For most of us, the people who taught us the essentials of dealing with our emotional life were totally confused. What was modeled was probably a troubling mix of repression, mindless expression of anger, a consuming tempest of anxiety, or varying and pervasive layers of unresolved sadness. They unconsciously appropriated this multi-generational melange of misconceptions and then passed them on to us. I certainly adopted some of the same patterns as my own, even though they did not serve me. Years of inner work have tamed most of those emotional beasts, but clearly some residue remains. So let's play Just Ask Anxiety. If everything is okay, then why are so many so anxious? One might propose that a triad of unskillful human habits consistently generate anxiety for a multitude of folks. Habits of scarcity, struggle, and doing-doing. When we view the world through the lens of scarcity, whether it be finances or food, love and connection, health and wellness, then we overstimulate some primal concerns about survival that our basic needs will not be met. The habit of struggle, in which we refuse to surrender to the flow and allow our baseline physiologic setting to be all about how difficult, scary, uncontrollable everything is, often with us as victims. Then again, we create great compost in which anxiety can flourish. Finally, without a pause in our doing-doing, some downtime other than mindless gorking out, space for contemplating the beauty and wonder of the world we inhabit, then layers upon layers of stress will accumulate without us being aware of their heavy accretions that so limit our sense of freedom. I would also add the reality of what some have termed planetalgia, the loss of our connection to Earth, something we long for, especially as she sickens further. From the pandemic to extreme weather conditions worldwide, our very existence is threatened by climate change and the anxiety that comes with. So the way through this morass of discomfort is to embrace the angst, give it a name, befriend it, understand the payoff of anxiety's allure, then retrain the body. I do believe anxiety is basically fear without a name. If it is a signal, then what is the message we need to heed? What fear lurks behind it? In some ways, forgive me for saying this, I do it consciously, without judgment, anxiety can be a distraction, a way for us to not get on with the life we desire. It can become a black hole of emotionally draining, energy-sucking darkness that obscures the goodness life holes, even in the most dire of circumstances. 
So the payoff is that we, at some level, don't have to do life. We get to be a victim of circumstances. Clearly, there are many who need more than yoga or meditation, and sometimes drugs that help rewire brain chemistry can be necessary. Ultimately, it is of great benefit to embody some skills to assist whenever anxiety arises in order to allow its cautionary voice but not have it take center stage. Just as important as getting off the worry-worry temporary thought train is to focus on what is happening with the body. In podcast 41, I talked about energy flow awareness with the primary aspects to consider relating to both the quantity of energy and quality in terms of tense or relaxed. For example, low energy and low tension create a state of relaxation and sleep. The same low energy with high tension creates the phenomena of wired and tired, a very challenging state. High energy and high tension is the hallmark of emotional upset, while high energy with low tension represents an optimal centered and creative space. This is described well by the descriptive acronym PACE, Peaceful, Alert, Calm Energy. I've gotten better at regularly taking my energy pulse by simply tuning in and noticing is my energy high or low and is it relaxed or tense. Then I can choose to create a state shift. The first step is always to move from high tension to low tension. Then I can adjust from low energy to high energy if I want. As described in podcast 139 on centering, when we calm our breath We calm our mind and our body will follow. The wisdom of our soma offers these additional techniques. Visualize brushing off anxiety from our body, starting wherever we get the signals in our corpus that tension is escalating. Neck, shoulders, gut, back, or common areas. Bathe ourselves in nurturing light. Cradle oneself in a protective bubble. Or imagine tranquility flowing throughout our bloodstream. Use whatever images generate calm and comfort. When we add releasing sounds or encouraging simple words, silently or out loud, we further shift our physiology. Ozapa is a great Japanese concept that involves don't sweat the small stuff and be chill no matter what life throws at us. It is the companion to wabi-sabi, accepting imperfection as a natural part of life, including the transience of everything. A highly evolved aesthetic point of view, it admires the giant knot in a raw wood sculpture, just as it honors that knot of anxiety within our beautiful being that is not all of us and does not define who we are. Dancing with stress and anxiety in the moment creates the possibility not that we will eliminate it, but rather flow with its dissonant music until something sweeter emerges. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.